Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to a special episode of the Under the Scope podcast, where we are counting down our top songs of the year. I'm your host, Will Brost. Joining me, as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. Patrick, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm pretty excited about this one. How about you? Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited about it, too. Always excited about this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for listmas and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ranking things uh, at the end of the year. It's just nice to kind of look back on the year that was. Um, yeah, I just before we get into it very quickly, what do you think about the 10 to 15 songs that you brought today? Do you think it's a, a, a particularly good crop of songs compared to years past? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like every year, every year is great in its own way. But yeah, for for this year, um, with my top top albums list and with this one too, just feels like a little bit more uh, like holistic, if that makes sense. Like, there's just a lot, a lot of great stuff from a lot of different genres. Um, on mine at least so i feel great about it for that reason very nice i i sort of felt similarly uh just kind of looking at my list uh and we'll alternate between our picks but uh just kind of going from one song to the next on my list it's sort of genre whiplash sometimes uh yeah yeah i really was kind of all across the board this year i mean my my tastes tend to lean underground hip-hop and there's plenty of it to come on Mm -hmm. my list but uh yeah, I was actually very surprised at uh, just the variety I have here. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, we have a lot of songs to talk about today. Um, as we do every year, uh, each of us has 10 songs and kind of an 11 through 15 as well. We'll spend less time on the first five, um, but we'll go a little more in depth as we alternate between mm-hmm. our respective top 10s. No rules other than uh, had to have either been released this year or been released on an album that came out this year. Uh, So, like, maybe the song dropped in last November, but it was on a March album. That qualifies for our list. And the only other thing is um, I personally like to do one song per artist just for the sake of content. Mm -hmm. Um, I like doing that, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. So on some of these, it was it was tough to pick. It was just one. Yeah, but, yeah. There are a couple that I'll mention. Like I wasn't hundred percent sure what to pick, but I knew something mm-hmm. from this album was going to make it. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, we'll just briefly go through our honorable mentions. Did you want me to start, or did you want to start? Uh, you kick it off. That sounds good. Okay, my honorable mentions. I ranked mine. Uh, Number 15, Eve Toomer with uh, Echolalia, I believe it's pronounced. Oh, nice. Uh, Right off the bat, I could have gone with any of several different Mm -hmm. songs from their new album, but uh, I just kind of went with the one I listened to the most, according to Spotify. Just kind of defaulted to that. Um, Number 14, Earl Sweatshirt and the Alchemist with Dead Zone. Uh, Earl's rapping here is so complex but so monotone and understated that it, it took me a minute to realize, like, oh, shit, he's actually killing it right now. <laughs> Just kind of nice. Um, nice. Number 13, Caroline Polachek with Billions. Uh, there's drops on this song, pianos, strings, group vocals. It's this really maximalist, colorful pop that I love. 
makes it a fairly dramatic closure to one of the year's absolute best pop albums. Number 12, here's some Whiplash, not quite pop. Uh, JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. Oh, nice. Featuring Red Veil, the song is Kingdom Hearts Key. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, one of us is a Kingdom Hearts fan on this pod. I don't know if it's me, but uh, I, I love this song. Um, you know, I, despite this album not cracking my year-end top 30, there were still plenty of individual songs I loved here, especially this one. And my number 11, Geese with Cowboy Nudes. Um, oh, nice. Kind of a silly song title, but it's like a modernized Rolling Stone song, and I genuinely mean that as a compliment. I played the hell out of this one. Uh, so those are my 11 through 15. Nice. That's a really solid honorable mention list there. Yeah, honestly, a pretty uh, good crop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of genre back and forth going mm-hmm. on there. I have I have a decent amount of that on mine, too. Um, this is kind of where uh, some of the more obscure stuff kind of fell into play, too, but stuff that I really just found interesting and listened to a lot over the year. So I kicked it off. Uh, number 15 is Reverend Kristen Michael Hader. Mm. All of my friends are going to hell in all caps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> real great way to kick it off here. The, so the album uh, saved is mostly a lot of like renditions of a bunch of old Christian hymnals. Um, set in this really kind of warped, um, noisy atmosphere. This is one of the only ones that's not a, a, a hymnal. So it's, her songwriting is just super, like, forefront on this. And the production is just so wild. It's just such an interesting track. And she's just got such a great, powerful voice. It's really, really awesome. Um, from that, number 14... VJ Ayer, Aruj Aftab, and Shazad Ismaili. Yes. I really wish that they would just like call them, get come up with a trio name for themselves. Because <laughs> is boy it's, genius it's taken? So tough to like roll through each of their names every time I talk <laughs> about this album. <laughs> right, um, but um, to remain slash to return from love in exile. This was another one. Um, I love this album. I think it's just fantastic uh each song is really great in its own right this one i just went back to the most out of all of them um and it's got so many great dynamic shifts and aruj aftab's voice is like just immaculate on this song especially so it's uh, it's it's great uh whiplash on my end here to liturgy oh yeah with generation uh this is i love uh, again, the new liturgy album is very high up on my list this year too. Um, so, picking a song from them, this one, this this was just a perfect encapsulation of the aesthetic of the whole album. There's the burst beats that uh, Hunter Hunt Hendricks kind of like uh, masterminded on here. There's like the switch up to kind of a like, hip hop uh, trap beat moment on on this too um the screams are awesome the general religious vibes on here Mm -hmm. are just through the roof um from there we're going to swans oh wow with no more of this 
um, in a very non-Swans way, this is a pretty much seventy uh, percent of this song is acoustic huh. and very soft and a little bit more of a uh, relaxed tone to the not like chill, <laughs> but like, <laughs> uh, like kind of like this tone of like relinquishing control. Um, it's such a powerful uh, song in the middle of this album, especially with context on <laughs> how Swan's uh, work normally is. Uh, it was such a great change of pace for them. It comes off really insightful. I loved it. Um, and then number 11, I have On the Run from Kalela. Oh, yes. Nice. Another album that was it was hard to pick one from uh, from this album because there's just so many great songs on this. But um, I just love the like the change ups in the production on here, like the way that it builds and it's got this kind of dance hall sound to it. Uh, the chorus work, her voice, it's just everything work, comes together really, really well on this track. So. Another uh, genre whiplash from Swans to Colella there. Um, I yeah, right. <laughs> very very solid set of five from you as well. I'm glad Colella uh, made your list because she didn't make mine, and uh, I, I'm glad she's going to make the playlist we will be associating with yes, this podcast yeah. at the end of the episode. Uh, honorable mention still get to make the playlist at least. So uh, very nice. Um, yeah, yeah, very very good picks. Now we get into our top. 10 songs of 2023 um my number 10 is george clanton with oh yeah with uh, justify your life um this, nice this is just such a fun uh i don't know if vapor pop is a real genre but i'm it is now because i just made it up i guess <laughs> Um, because like in the vaporwave community, I feel like that's kind of how it goes. It's basically, so. yeah, maybe it's pop yeah. wave. I'm sure they have a name for it already. They maybe. wait for someone to say a catchy, cool name. And then it's like, <laughs> all right, that's what it is. Yeah. Does mall soft actually make sense or did someone just say it, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah, this song is like, it, it's somewhere between this chill re, uh, what's the word? Reverb heavy. Uh, kind of mm. 80s vaporwave song, but also it's partially like a pop song with this big chorus and really punchy drums that you don't normally get in vaporwave. Uh, even the vocals are like kind of somewhere in between. They're almost, I always use this comparison, but it's kind of like if early AI tried to recreate Tears for Fears or something like that. <laughs> they're like just slushy enough to be kind of unfamiliar <laughs> it's like you gotta take you like you can kind of make out <laughs> and thank you thank you george clanton for stopping by just now and helping me make my point there but um yeah all <laughs> yeah it, it, you can just make them out but they're not like super smooth at the same time it, it's kind of an odd dynamic if you listen to it you may understand what i'm getting at but uh this is not only my favorite song from this album but it's also uh, arguably the best example on the album that really illustrates what makes George Clanton stand out from the rest of the vaporwave scene. Uh, I mean, he's an ambassador for the genre. He founded the first vaporwave music festival. Um, mm -hmm. But what makes him stand out aside from that 
with his music is his ability to kind of combine vaporwave aesthetics with more pop sensibilities. And this track is just a fantastic fusion of that. So, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, George Clanton. Not George Clinton. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, I mean, if George Clinton put out something, it probably would be... <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it probably would make my 2023 list, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He, he like, gets a lot of love in the Vaporwave community, I know, for, like, making really catchy stuff. Yeah, he does. He's, he's huge in that community, um, for sure. Nice. Uh, my number 10 is kind of, uh, I mean, it's in the electronic realm, at least mm. a much, much poppier, um, and much more popular of an artist, I guess, nothing against George Clanton, but just sure. this artist had a, had a period of time where they were scary big. Oh, um, and it's M83 oh. with us and the rest. Oh, interesting pick. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. This was another one that, like, there's a lot of really great songs from this album. Um, but this is just the one, like, for me that I, I mentioned M83's, like, paths. I'm talking Hurry Up or Dreaming era um, of when I got into them. And this sound, like, of just the over the top, really movie score dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff was like my favorite parts of the that album um there's so many great moments on that and there's so many great songs from that one um but this this song on fantasy on the new album just really reminded me of like how m83 is just like so good at making that kind of stuff and they nailed it on this one there's just the build-up from the beginning uh, to the end, like where you start versus where you end up at is so dramatic mm-hmm. of a difference. Um, the little piano keys that kind of like keep the song moving along. It's, it's super schmaltzy and a little, uh, a little cheesy, but there's like, I think also with the concept of it kind of being set in this like eighties sci-fi fantasy kind of uh aesthetic it it just works because it kind of references that time period of music um in a way so i feel like he kind of leans into the cheese a little bit too which helps i think that they're at their best whenever they do that honestly right right like he's in on the cheese he's in on the joke a little bit uh, yeah exactly yeah and like i think that when when ma3 does that well there's just like i it's really hard to pull that off mm-hmm. and make it consistently interesting um and i this song just throughout the year was that song for me of like ah oh, every time when those when that synth comes in and it's just like it's just uh such a great cathartic moment um really emotionally pretty powerful like i said there's some cheese to it but uh, mm-hmm. you're talking to the resident coldplay fan of the podcast <laughs> so the yeah the, the actual kingdom <laughs> <comparison>. hearts <laughs> yeah yeah and the kingdom hearts fan. Yeah. so you knew where this was coming from <laughs> i should have just let off with that <laughs> kingdom hearts is light okay <laughs> i like m83 <laughs> 
I love that pick because uh, uh, yeah. we both were just like, I don't know, kind of ready to write off M83 a little bit, but uh, we were both oh, yeah. pretty impressed with this new album. And, uh, you know, honestly, like almost made my honorable mentions with, I don't know, I liked Laura a lot. I liked uh, Amnesia yeah. a lot. I mean, there there really are a few really Ocean's solid. Ocean's Niagara was up there too. Yeah, yeah. Sunny Boy. Yeah, uh, yeah there's some good stuff on there. So uh, <laughs> Great great uh, song titles also. For <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of silly saying some of them, but uh, yeah. <laughs> love the pick. Uh, my number nine, uh, it, it, another example where it's like, all right, I know a song from this album is making it. Which one? Uh, this is Balthazar by Genesis Owusu. Oh, nice. Yeah, and um, I went with Balthazar because, like, well, okay, what's kind of interesting is the last George Clanton song I talked about, I was like, this is the best example that showcases what this album is all about. And there's not really a track on the Genesis Owusu album that does that, in my opinion, because it jumps to a bunch of different places from song to song. Um Mm-hmm. But I just kind of went with this one because it's maybe the most unexpected song on this album sonically in that it's like a goth banger. Um, it's like a goth club friendly track, uh, which I mean, even as with as versatile as Genesis Owusu is, I can't say I expected that, but it sounds, yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Like nothing suggested he was going to go goth on this album, but uh, yeah. It sounds fantastic, dude. I love the electric guitar. Love the percussion. Love, like, the you got to have the mood and the attitude to kind of pull that off, and, and in my opinion, he does. Um, love the existential lyrics on this song. They kind of play into this Roach-themed album concept that I've talked about on the pod a billion times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a cool song, and it's another argument supporting the idea that Genesis Owusu can pretty much do anything. Um I've talked about this album a lot on the pod, like I just mentioned, uh, so I'll just kind of leave it there. Go listen to this song, this album, etc. Uh, shout out to Genesis Owusu. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad that Genesis Owusu's making the list, too. And is starting to, like, I mean, I've had a couple friends reach out saying, like, oh, you like Genesis Owusu? Like, I just checked him out the other day. So I think his name is kind of starting to be on the come up. At least in my anecdotal experience. So hoping for the best uh, for the rest of his career with him. Uh, He makes some really exciting stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, My number nine is um, from another electronic artist, uh, but more in the ambient realm, Tim Hecker. Nice, nice. And the song is Anxiety from the album No Highs. Uh, pretty point blank about like what this song conceptually is about. <laughs> checks <laughs> take out. A, take a wild guess here, <laughs> and also yeah, checks out with being like a Tim Hecker album. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. I could have guessed that on my list <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, this album, uh, as a whole, kind of deals with like mental illness in general. Like pretty point blank, there's this other song called "Pulse Depression" uh, on here. Um, another song called "Monotony." There's like a lot of uncomfortable like ideas being presented on uh, Tim Hecker's new album, 
But this one's like really point blank anxiety, really point blank with uh, the concept of anxiety. Uh, and it just kind of explores that feeling in a really powerful way. Like there's this constant um, pulse beat or whatever it is. That's It's like this tone that just keeps on repeating over and over again. And it starts off a little bit quieter and slower. Uh, it's really a simple idea. And it just starts to kind of grow slowly get a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more erratic as the track goes on, and there's bigger things that kind of build on top of it, strings and horns. And, uh, there's a point where this uh, like ambient pad kind of comes in and just kind of breaks everything down, and we're off to the races. Full panic attack mode, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Pretty... Yeah, no, <laughs> pretty, this is good. <laughs> yeah, pretty... Pretty uh, gripping stuff there. Exactly, and uh, it's it's kind of I mean it, it's kind of a thing I you know showing my hand here, but like uh, I think that having uh, dealing with that kind of stuff on a day to day basis and having a sensory experience in some way um, is something that I really look look to as like a a way to kind of like express the stuff. In, in my own way mm -hmm. um and this song in particular from tim hecker just throughout the year was one of the best examples of like just distilling down these uh a feeling of anxiousness uh large and small across the board what it might feel like um to have anxiety and just putting it in a real sensory way um he's awesome he's just such a good mm -hmm. composer like just understands how to create uh, a feeling so well. Um, yeah, this is just a great example of this. Yeah, no, that's great because, like, I mean, you mentioned, oh, it this part sounds like a kind of a panic attack, and some people may hear that and think, like, why would I want to listen to that? But it, that's like right. <laughs> that's like really compelling, and it it effectively communicates like a, an emotion or like a, a a feeling that you have, you know, and it's able to do that very yeah. well over the course of like an electronic song um yeah yeah exactly yeah for me it's it's just it's a feeling of like um uh, there's a there's an understanding that happens mm -hmm. that i think is really rewarding with uh like with tracks like that so very nice um, yeah I, yeah i'm glad he made your list because i kind of feel like the the blogosphere has started to move on from tim hecker but he's still making really interesting captivating stuff. i know i i feel like i didn't hear very much about this album honestly like it right? came up after it released on my recommended and i was like i didn't even realize usually when he releases an album you know it's right your music is shut down for a couple days <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you're right yeah it, it yeah. it'll get like best new music not to call out any particular publication but, right yeah <laughs> but yeah exactly and i feel like you know, you know, people have moved on, but he's still making really good music. So uh, yeah. I'm glad he's represented yeah, on keep, our list. Keep listening to Tim Hecker if you already Seriously. do, Absolutely. and then uh, check him out if you haven't. There you have it. There you have it. Great, yeah. great stuff. Um, my number eight uh, is m maybe another underrated, under-discussed project. Uh, this is, the song is Mayor's a Cop, 
Uh-oh. Uh, the artists are <laughs> uh, Mike, Wiki, and The Alchemist. Um, I I love, love the chemistry of this track. It sounds like Mike, Wiki, and The Alchemist have been working together for years uh, just because of how naturally everybody fits on this song. Like, I mean, the, okay, the two rappers here, Mike and Wiki, they sound... Mm -hmm. quite different from each other mike has this really bassy like dispassionate vocal delivery um but wiki has more kind of like a slightly more energetic higher pitched uh missing his front teeth delivery and vocal cadence and all of that but despite those differences the contrast works very well together and part of the reason their verses pair together so nicely is because they trade off verses while continuing the other rapper's rhyme patterns. Um, it's very old school in that way. Cool. Yeah. yeah, right. And they do a really smooth job of, uh, of uh, doing that. And the music video kind of helps to sell that as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that those rhyme patterns that they're doing are very complicated. The content is introspective, personal. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's very good stuff. It's very classic New York hip-hop in that way. Um, and I expected that, frankly, given the history of these two rappers. And I also expected the alchemist to come through. And of course he does because he's the alchemist. Um, the beat mm -hmm. here is, it's very mellow, uh, very faint drums, as you might expect with the alchemist. This has like a dying trumpet faded into the background. Uh, sometimes it's prominent, but it's never too much. It's not like a speaker box song. It's just kind of in the background for the most of the part. Um, but the, the beat switches up later in the song to something that sounds spacier, and it's honestly a really beautiful moment. This is just three professionals at their craft bringing their A-game together, and the result is just one of my favorite rap songs of the year. So uh, shout-out to Mike, Wiki, and The Alchemist, all three of them. They did their thing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. They're they're bunch of fantastic stone cold pros. Yeah, and Mike, I will just quickly killed it this year on pretty much every feature he was on, and he came out with maybe his best record in his own right. So huge year for Mike. Really looking forward to seeing what he does going forward. I always love Wiki too, and the Alchemist I think is just going to make my list every single year until he stops. So yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. Nice. Uh, my number eight is um, a pretty surprising one from a, an artist that like I didn't expect to like this much, let alone the album and the song uh, this much. But it's Kali Uchis nice. with I Wish He Roses. Um, it's just like... A, such a production wise just such a like blissful dreamy this is very different than the tim hacker song <laughs> yes. that i was just talking about <laughs> really blissful dreamy very romantic um kind of atmosphere to this song uh very wistful feeling she's talking about like you know love for either somebody that she currently loves or somebody that she's loved in the past, but like kind of talking about this in a very wistful, um, yeah, hazy, dreamy eyed kind of way. 
Um, and the production is just nuts. Like it's so uh, glossy and like it, the the way that the uh, uh, keys come in at the beginning with this melody. Uh, pretty much any hip hop hook you can get, she can get her hands on. As far as I'm concerned, because her voice is just fantastic. Very nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I, I, she has an album coming out, I want to say in January. Um, so <laughs> we might be talking about that's, it again yeah. fairly soon. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround, but let's, we'll see. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, dude. Uh, very good pick there. Did not expect that, honestly. Um, but you love to hear it, especially coming right after the Tim Hecker. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> a little, uh, some more whiplash there for you. Very nice. Um, all right. Uh, my number seven, uh, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. We're at seven. Now. We're at yeah. seven. Yeah. Great job, Will. I, I math degree. We can't, I can't be. Even, yeah. <laughs> can't be losing track at number seven. <laughs> right. Right. Um. All right. Number seven. More rap. McKinley Dixon. Nice. Featuring. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, featuring Miss Jalen Brown. The title track from the album Beloved Paradise Jazz. Um, this is a great song on its own, but. It works even better specifically as a closure to the album. Um, It's just such a beautiful, satisfying end uh, to one of the year's best jazz rap albums. Um, And, I mean, jazz rap includes stuff like Tribe, Diggable Planets, Billy Woods. Took a while, but we got to Billy Woods. I I had to name drop him at some point. (laughs) I thought we would be there when you were talking about the Alchemist, but here we are. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, But this this jazz rap is more, I don't know, it's more like the roots, in my opinion, because of the more upbeat instrumentation. Um, There's just a wholesomeness about this song uh, that doesn't detract from the seriousness or the musicality of the song, in my opinion. It's well-rapped. It's well sung, uh, thanks in part to Miss Jalen Brown, of course, but also uh, this children's chorus that um, honestly became kind of a theme for me this year. There's a few songs I like this year uh, that have a children's chorus in it uh, for, I don't know, kind of kind of an odd thing there. But um, <laughs> yeah, like the, the Caroline Polachek song I shouted out also has a children's chorus in it. So I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. But um it's cool. There's like a wholesomeness to it too. Right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like it it adds to the feel of this song, uh, which this song is very well produced as well. Uh, has a really jazzy guitar, the keys, drums, bass. Has a saxophone solo, which you don't typically. I mean, jazz rap might be rapping that's over awesome, a saxophone, yeah. but you rarely ever get a solo. Uh, so I think that's a cool addition. I don't really have a ton more to say other than like not only do I think this is a great song, but it's one that I think might have the widest reach of any song on my list. It's it's very accessible, which is not necessarily mm. true of every song on my list uh, or yours uh, for that matter. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. But this one is particularly catchy, for lack of a better word. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, McKinley Dixon. Shout out to uh, Miss Jalen Brown. 
Uh, shout out to the children's chorus as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> May as well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good point with the accessibility. I feel like when I listened to that album, that was one thing that I was like kind of surprised about. I thought it would be way like headier. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty heady, but it's still like pretty easy to understand. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's Will with this uh, underground, um, thought-provoking jazz rap album. Better go study it. You don't really have to do that. It's just easy to yeah. listen to as well. Um, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, my number seven is one that possibly anyone listening has already heard in any in in any sort of way this might be one of the more popular tracks i've recommended in just in general whoa okay um but number seven is big seven what by burn a boy oh yes yes yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> the burn a boy love continues on yes. on the podcast uh yeah another another shocker for me i, I guess I've just been in, uh, there's been just some pop music recently that's just been coming out that's just cat, caught my ear and got me back, like, listening to a lot of pop and, like, finding things that I really like again with it, which is great. Uh, Burna Boy is one of those artists. He, I've talked enough about him on the podcast and uh, in my list and everything, but... This song, it, it was kind of hard, hard to pick a song from that album that I thought was the one, too. There's mm -hmm. a couple others. Sitting on Top of the World is like probably the more, uh, the only other one that might be more popular than this. But um, Big Seven, I think, just has this, the chorus has this energy to it that's just so warm and exciting and like singable like there's just some there's something about it that's just fantastic it just makes everything feel right uh, and i also like that this is like the start of each verse is a dedication to someone close to burn boy who's passed away so like the first verse starts off as a dedication to virgil abloh who you know passed away a couple years ago mm -hmm. and then the second verse starts off with a R.I.P. to uh, Sidhu Walla, which I, I didn't know who this was, but he's an Indian rapper. Um, I don't know who he was. He's been a collaborator from with Burna Boy apparently in the past, but I still think that it's really cool that he's dedicated this really larger than life, like exciting, fun sounding song, pretty much about like lifestyle and how cool it is to be burn a boy which is like there's no doubt that it must be really cool <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah like who's freaking cooler than burn <laughs> a good question dude i it's, yeah. look at the album cover like that's all you need. yeah dude i mean like <laughs> but it's it's really awesome to me that like a song that's mostly about that is dedicated in at the at the start of each verse to a close friend of his who's who's passed away like it just adds this element of like he he must be a really good guy too mm -hmm. um to the to the track and yeah it's it's great it's just like it's uh it just gives me such a good feeling 
that's awesome. It, yeah, it's great that that song has some like substance behind it as well. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, it no, it's pretty self-aware, I would say, about like what it's doing for sure. And uh, you know, Burn a Boy kind of puts me in a party mood. So uh, let's see if the podcast picks this up. Uh, hey. <laughs> how about that big seven <laughs> we're uh we're celebrating the end of the year here um honestly decent transition from yours to my number six. Oh, nice all right yeah not uh you know like afrobeat flavored pop in the way that burna boy is but smooth and cool is the name of the game on this song as well uh, it is Daddy by Nourished by Time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Th- I will say, yeah. you, uh, uh. I always picture the music video in my mind when I listen to this song. And this isn't a ranking of music videos. Though, you know what? Future pod yeah. idea. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah. But the video for this song does a great job of illustrating what I love about the song. Um, this song is just honestly so impossibly cool. And a big reason for that is this DIY nature of it that is communicated very well in the video. Uh, listeners might be familiar with bedroom pop, uh, which has kind of become its own genre defined by its low-key minimalist sound that can literally be recorded in the artist's bedroom. Um, but this isn't bedroom pop. This is garage R&B. Uh, judging by the music video, which is just nourished by time, singing in a garage, wearing headphones, playing a synth. That's it. It's it's very bare bones. It's it sounds effortless, but it's mm-hmm. just it's just I don't know. It's really cool. I keep using the word cool, but that's really the operative word here. Yeah. Uh, another cool aspect about this song is that while the instrumentation is pretty catchy and upbeat, it's got these really, like, memorable synth notes, uh, his baritone, like, nonchalant vocal delivery kind of adds this, like, okay, the music sounds like there's a party going on, but the vocals sound like he doesn't want to be at the party. There's this interesting contrast and dichotomy with it. Um, I, I love this song and this album because... I mean, sure, it reminds me of Blood Orange. It reminds me of a couple other R&B artists, but it's still very unique to him. It's this minimalist R&B that I can get behind that sounds Mm -hmm. like it could be pushing the genre forward. Obviously, I can't predict the future, but I'm hoping more R&B sounds like this in the future because uh, it's a genre that... uh, I haven't always shown a ton of love to, and that might be unfair, but um, this one is winning me over. So shout out to Nourished yeah. by Time. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I That would have been my pick from that album too. Yeah. Um, if I was going to, if I had picked from it. But yeah, that's, uh, your, your Nourished by Time love is one of my favorite uh, things from your list this year yeah i was gonna say i mean it didn't make your list but you had to have known i would have nourished by time covered somewhere. Yeah. um i was hoping for it yeah just what a an artist i'd never heard of before not really into r&b historically and then boom one of my favorite songs and albums of the year really looking you forward gotta to love what that. he does yeah it's so good 
So All right, well, your my number, number six. Yep. Yeah, my number six is, uh, again, some more whiplash from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from me here. Um, I had a good transition with the Burna Boy to Nourish My Time for You, and then we're <laughs> right back <laughs> into uh, industrial noise rock. <laughs> oh, okay. A couple groups come to mind. Um, I'm interested. Yeah, well, the, this had to come from Model Actress. Yes. Um, and the song is their standout single, Mosquito, oh, from uh, yes. from Dog's Body. Um, <laughs> it, it's tough to talk about like <laughs> this album and this song <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> real, that's real. I, yeah, like it, I was like listening to it and i you know even when i wrote about the album too on my list i was like man this is like i can kind of explain why i like this album and, and song i mean the production alone is like something i could talk about for uh this whole time but there's a the <laughs> i'm definitely like there's a quiet part it's not being said out loud <laughs> about like the subject matter behind sure <laughs> these songs, sure sure which is like just super explicitly repressed uh or and not maybe not even repressed but just like uh just a real intense view on uh sex and mm-hmm. <laughs> just like sexuality as a whole um, very nine inch nails in sound and lyricism, I would say maybe. <laughs> That's absolutely. What, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, closer and mosquito, I yes. think probably have a, a lot in common, uh, production wise too, honestly. Yeah. On, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, that is an important part of this album. It's like the main thing. And this song is like the standout single from it that kind of like, just, yeah, like I said, says the choir part out loud. Um, but like the way that like they, the way that the frontman, um, what's his name? Uh, Cole had Haddon, I think Cole Haddon. Okay. His performance is just bananas. Like it, he's just able to like go into this mode, um, where it feels like he's playing a character and he's just like, he's got this like real warbly kind of voice and he's digging into some like like real like strange side where he's uh you know talking about like uh, all this the all the sexual nature of the track and everything um and he's all like excited by it and also a little disgusted by it and stuff like there's this really strange kinkiness to his voice mm-hmm. um i just thought it was like so interesting um, but yeah, the lyric uh, lyrics on this are wild. Like, I, uh, I I I would just recommend like checking out that if you're if you like this song because it's it's just so wild. But um, yeah, what an interesting track. What an interesting band. Um, they just got such a, a a wild way of expressing themselves. Um, I. I couldn't get enough of of this song. Couldn't get enough of the band this year. Very, very nice. Uh, mm. Yeah, visceral sound. You know, I, I didn't. I, yeah. I remember listening to this, being like, "Oh, I got to show Pat this album." 
I gave it a couple more listens uh, from front to back, but like I would play this in the gym again, kind of like Nine Inch Nails, where it's just really visceral. Yeah, that's true. It gets the blood flowing, um, and yeah, the lyric work is cathartic very cathartic. Uh, was the word that I the cathartic was a word that I use a lot with describing it, and I think it pretty much says like the whole thing. Yeah, about yeah. This too. yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. That's a that's a good call. Yeah, um, love the pick. Uh, Thanks. We're at our top five, Patrick. Um, yes. About halfway through our allotted time, we're at the top five, so very good timing. Um, my last pick, you know, R&B, I mentioned it as a genre that I like sometimes, but I probably don't give a fair shake to always. Um, let's keep that train rolling with my number five, <laughs> <laughs> with underscores. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, featuring Gabby Start. The song is called Locals in parentheses, girls like us. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> the genre isn't R and B. The genre this time is hyper pop. Another genre that I historically haven't always loved. Maybe a genre I haven't always given a fair shake to in the past. Um, but one reason this song, uh, this album rather, won me over is it's not just hyper pop. Sometimes it's hyper pop fused with trip hop, or hyper pop fused with rock. Or even hyper pop fused with country music. Um, so, wild. How ironic is it that my favorite song from this album is probably just the most straight up hyper pop song here? Um, <laughs> it's not expected. It wasn't initially my favorite on the record, but it quickly became too undeniable for me to ignore. Um, and part of the reason I love it, there's a lot going on. Uh, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a historically a big fan of that. Um, it's one of those songs that switches up every 30 minutes or so. 30 minutes. Uh, this, this is <laughs> this a swan is a song. <laughs> yeah, I thought I already had the swan. <laughs> right, sorry. Yeah. Every 30 yeah, you seconds. You forgot that you are talking about the beggar part three. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm talking about hyper pop. Usually those yeah. albums don't, yeah. <laughs> 30-minute-plus hyper-pop. Yeah, that probably wouldn't make my list. Not yet. Um, <laughs> every 30 seconds or so, it switches up. There we go. But it begins similarly to um, the song Technologic by Daft Punk. Uh, you know, that, oh, like, yes. buy it, use it, break it. it. I mean, it's obviously not the same lyrics, but it's a similar idea, right? And those lyrics then mm -hmm. kind of become the rhythm early on in the song. Um, that switches up to this sort of 2010s pop banger with vocals that remind me of someone like Kesha. Um, there's so much going on in these first couple of minutes that it takes about two minutes before we actually get to the proper chorus of the song, uh, which is kind of a shame because it's like a super catchy chorus that, you know, I'm over here just yelling girls like us are rotten to the core. Like my cis male ass is like yelling that driving around. Um, but it's, it's so good. And... <laughs> It's just such a blast, and this eventually transitions to the Gabby Start feature, uh, which reminds me of of Montreal more than anything. Um, so yeah, the song is, I, I mean, I said it's straight up hyper pop, but it's like, it reminds me of Kesha, it reminds me of Daft Punk, it reminds me of of Montreal, all in one ever-evolving yeah. hyper pop song. And I, if that sounds compelling, give it a shot. If it doesn't sound compelling... Give it a shot anyway, because on paper, I I shouldn't have this as my number five song of the year. But, I mean, here I am. So, 
Shout out to uh, Underscores, who, I mean, she's really doing her thing and, like, almost single-handedly winning me over uh, with Hyperpop. And uh, shout out to the fun Gabby Start feature as well. So, yeah. Nice. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that, that's a, another unexpected one. A lot of unexpected stuff. A lot of unexpected us, stuff. I think. Yeah, it, yeah. And this might be the gym MVP for me. This might be the, like, all right, I'm in the gym. Let's get my energy up. This is maybe the one for that. So uh, anyway, shout well, out to that. Well, this one, uh, this one, my number five, I would not recommend necessarily <laughs> at the gym, um, but maybe after the gym there or maybe go. before the gym to like, uh, no, no, after the gym. Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically for when you're in the mood for some really existentially charged uh, saxophone music. Um, and <laughs> that can come from none, none other than Colin Stetson. Oh, and the song is behind the sky. Very nice. Surprised um, it's not higher, frankly, but I love it. Well, I mean, it, I think that it being as abstract and kind of like esoteric as it is, I mean, I absolutely love when we wept for the when we were that we wept for the see that album, I think it's incredible. Um, we'll see, yeah, what I'm thinking about it when in the next few days or so, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, so it was a little tough to pick a, a song from this one. A lot of the tracks from this album uh, work together in some ways to kind of draw like a larger theme or idea or whatever. True. Uh, but this one is kind of the, one of the more unique ones. It's like front to back, kind of its own thing. And I think the title Behind the Sky really points to this like idea of something unknown and something like terrifyingly unknown in a lot of ways. Because the uh, kind of like the Tim Hecker um, song that I talked about earlier... There is a slow build throughout this track, um, but it's a little bit more up and down, like kind of roller coastery, um, even as it builds like into kind of this chaos towards the end. And he, he just does such a great job. Like I, I also already talked about his saxophone playing when I talked about this album before, and it's still mind blowing to me. Like I, I listened to this song and i'm like what the <laughs> i can't believe it um but he also does this thing with it i forgot to even mention this but he does this thing with this like voice recorder attached to his throat um and he's like humming and like singing these melodies while he's playing saxophone continuously <laughs> and nuts. breathing through his note like it's such <laughs> nuts yeah it's 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 so crazy um and on this song in particular he's doing all of these things at a certain point that's like so chaotic and terrifying but also really like uh inspiring for like this sense of curiosity and like what what's out there kind of feeling Mm -hmm. that's what i was getting from it at least um yeah it's amazing i and i love colin stetson now and i love this song very nice pick and yeah i mean 
obviously number five is nothing to sneeze at. I, I guess part yeah. of the reason I, I, I expected it to be maybe a little higher is because I know how much you loved this album. But at the same time, as you were just kind of touching on, it, this album works as a whole. You know, it works uh, yeah. kind of as a whole yeah. part. It's, it's not tough just, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes some of my favorite albums don't have one specific song that I'm like, oh, that's the the song too. So right, yeah, like this song is yeah. good in its own right for sure, but it also is part of the bigger picture at the same time. Mm -hmm. So th it's that balance. But uh, I, I love that pick. Um, my number four, we're going back to the gym. We, we're done with the post gym relaxation. You know, listening to. Uh, to Colin, freaking Stetson. out a little bit about <laughs> we're doing two a day. What the unknown? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've done that, you're in the mood to start. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, I mean the the only thing about this song that to me is gym friendly is the uh, energy behind it. This is "Badly Drawn Hero" by Sketch One Eighty Five and Jeff Markey. Um, oh, nice. This is a rap song all about criticizing these musicians whose performative words don't match their actions uh you know they preach one thing but they do another um a lot of rappers that sketch 185 listened to growing up uh preached certain conscious lyricism but then they you know would turn around and do something that was antithetical to their messaging and uh his lyricism about this topic is pretty damn direct, saying things like, most of my heroes barely recognize themselves in what they sold me. Or like, you can abandon what you adopted when refusing to accept your image in a way that I can't because I always see myself in the face of the children. So it's not, yeah, he's going at, at him. Um, yeah. And it's not just that the lyrics are direct. He, he fucking says it with his chest. And I really love that about uh, his delivery throughout the entire album. Uh, this song features some of the most intense, most aggressive delivery I have heard in hip-hop this year. And you can tell that he's genuinely pissed off and let down about all these musicians who have left, uh, let him down over the years. Um, it's admittedly a really cynical song, uh, especially near the end. You know, he says things like, the revolution will have a laugh track and a guest verse from Black Thought. Like, this idea that, like, a song mm. is gonna, like, actually fucking change anything. Or or when he says something like, um, you know, he points out to these musicians, like, hey, there's some branding opportunities in being brave. You know, just, like, at, just cynically yeah. just kind of targeting their, their true priorities. Um, and I should mention, too, the production from Jeff Markey is a brilliant match. Again, Jim friendly. It's industrial. It's chaotic. It seems like, it, like the instrumental is almost also trying to yell at these bad actors as well. Obviously, it can't do it. It's an instrumental, but it's trying its damnedest. Um, and I, I'll just end this little blurb here. You know, obviously, please check out all of the songs on our lists. We'll be sharing playlists after this episode. But I'd say especially check out this one because um, even in hip-hop circles, mm -hmm. I felt that this song and the album as a whole, uh, titled He Left Nothing for the Swim Back, by the way, sick Gattaca reference, uh, I thought they were just too overlooked this year. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, this is on the Backwood Studios label, uh, fronted by, uh, I don't know, Billy Woods, if you've ever 
heard this podcast, you know who he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, that's okay. Can't Hands up. That's why I checked this album out in the first place. But uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. Hey, because if it, if it, yeah, if it leads you to that, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It leads me to one of my favorite songs of the year and an album that uh, I won't spoil the exact placement, but made it very high on my list. So shout out to Sketch 185 and Jeff Markey. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't. I can't say that I'm not. Uh, that that I haven't done this a similar thing, I guess, with this album. Okay. okay. Or well, with this song from this album too, because uh, I, I, uh, I know that you like this album a lot too, and I'm glad that I um, ended up liking it as much. It's a great return to form for this artist, but I didn't take it seriously until I saw. This artist did an interview with uh, a, like a thirty-minute-long interview talking about this album with Brian Eno. Okay, okay. So once I saw that, I'm like, oh, there's some credibility here to <laughs> yeah. this new album. Um, so yeah, it's James Blake. Oh, that's right. Yes. And it was tough to pick a song. Yeah, but what the, the heck? song that I ended up choosing was "Fall Back." Nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It just I feel like it might be a little bit of a strange pick with uh, it would have you know I thought loading had was was possible as an option. Big Hammer is probably one that a lot of people would choose, which I I love both of those tracks. But this one is like to me what I've been wanting to hear from James Blake but didn't know that I wanted to hear this for like a long time. Like there was something that happened when I heard this, I was like, Holy shit, this is like, this feels like what he's meant to be making. Yes. Um, which is this kind of calling back to like moody, like burial, um, dubstepy type house music, I guess. Um, with some minimal vocal interpolations, and just to like provide like atmosphere and just focusing on this really like dreary sense of mood um but like in kind of a dance hall environment mm -hmm. it was it, like i couldn't get enough of it i, I and i love the way that the melody it like warps his voice and it kind of just cascades down in this really weird way like um yeah, the mood on this track was just fantastic. I just, I, I loved walking around to it, um, out of the gym. We're we're getting out of the yes, gym now. We're yes. just going on some on some moody walks now. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, it 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 just it, it's such a great vibe. Like it's <laughs> it's so cloudy, but like. Um, fun and like it, it's just it yeah it's it's awesome so I God I love that pick you could have gone so many different ways with the James Blake pick but that's a that's a really good one and uh, I will point out yeah. too uh, when you say dubstep um, this isn't right the, this isn't the gym friendly <laughs> dubstep this isn't the uh, this is uh, OG uk dubstep like like you mentioned Which is like burial. so moody and different than like yeah like the skrillex like <laughs> right it's closer <laughs> to like party. idm almost yeah it, it's yeah and i i love that song the percussion is so good um i think tell me uh, mm -hmm. uh might have been or uh yeah yeah might have been my favorite one 
Um, but God, there are so many different directions to go with. And uh, I'm glad James Blake made the list. Um, Might have made mine too. I just couldn't decide on a song. Um, yeah, this was just had to be the one because it was just the mood is just terrific. So very, terrific. <laughs> very good pick. Um, my uh, my next one. Speaking of that, uh, is uh, from the UK. My next act is from the UK. Mm. <laughs> um, it, when I tell you this is like the hardest, like didn't know where to go. Um, toughest call on my list. Uh, this is the young father's pick, but I mean, I oh, nice. I wrote down like I backspaced and typed out. Oh no, maybe not that one. And then backspaced. Uh, I had I saw in this slot at one point, mm-hmm. which I think is likely the most common pick for this album's best song. It is one of the singles, uh, and it's a great song. I mean, I could understand that. I also almost went with Holy uh, Holy Moly because oh uh, yeah. There's like a 30 second or so stretch, like two minutes in that might just straight up be my favorite 30 seconds of music this year uh, when all the instrumentation kicks in. Um, But ultimately, I went with the opener, Rice. Um, Oh, yeah. Which is my favorite album opener of the year, speaking of. And part of the reason this is my young father selection, you know, I'm just kind of like splitting hairs uh, to pick one, but this, I think, maybe does the best job of exemplifying everything that Heavy Heavy is about, from this percussion-led instrumentation to the climactic builds to the, like, the community, the spirituality, the sheer joy that this album just exudes, um, this song is not just a great song, but it's a great time. It I kind of want to like, it sounds cheesy, but I want to like live in that song. It, it just feels like everything is yeah. all right, you know? Um, and just one of many reasons why Young Fathers is like at the top of my list of concerts I need to get to right now. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this song is an instant mood raiser. And oh, not in a way that sounds really schmaltzy or forced or anything this sounds like a genuine expression of joy that they feel and i mean i love very cynical music i'm coming off a very cynical sketch 185 and jeff markey track but i think it's great to have these songs that are just that can exhibit joy just as well as other musicians can express more you know negative feelings um i think it's honestly wonderful that young fathers are able to communicate positivity in a way that is creative, artistic, and in my view, genuine and not cheesy. Mm-hmm. I think I've used cheesy like three times, but like I swear the song is not cheesy. Um <laughs> <laughs> not like not like my my M eighty three pick. Come on now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the Kingdom Hearts fan. Um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm starting to sound suspicious. The song's not cheesy, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I genuinely do feel like this is just a genuinely good vibes track, to yeah. put it one way. So uh, shout out to Young Fathers. The song is a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. I would have, I would have thought, uh, uh, picked Sink or Swim possibly as my as my choice from that too. Very good. There's some like Anko in that song, low key. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I mean, again. Another candidate for this slot. I mean, there's just so many on this album, dude. Fantastic album. 
one of the absolute best of the year. So uh, anyway, your you number three. We're getting My to number it. three. What's that? We're getting to it, baby. We're almost at the tippy yeah. top. We're we're almost there. Yeah. My number three is uh, definitely a step uh, into a different direction in terms of like uh, the the mood of it. It's a really really hard song to listen to. I'll say that, um, and, and that might be like a an immediate turnoff for some people mm-hmm. to hear that. Like, what's the point, right? But mm-hmm. this is just quite possibly the most powerful track I've heard this year and one of the more powerful tracks I've heard just in general. Like, um, And it's Mount Megs by Lonnie Holly. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I, I talked about that Lonnie Holly record a little bit Um on quarter two i think that sounds right during yeah during my recommendations and i uh think i mentioned uh, that there's um a few moments on here where he's being autobiographical and talking about his time growing up in rural alabama and some of the like trauma and racism and uh just Gen, gen, generally fucked up shit that's happened to him in his childhood and over the years and how it's still sticking with him and this album is kind of a an expression of all of that it all kind of comes it together on this song in a really really visceral way like um and from the beginning too he just goes right into it talking about um at the, at the very beginning of they would just show up to school and get beaten and they would be this is all like real stuff too they would be sent out into to go pick cotton and like farm and basically and they would not they wouldn't get any education at all there were abuses that were happening in verbal and physical ways and uh, on like psychological ways um, and while he's like recounting like all this horrific stuff that's happening, the instrumentation behind him is like just building and building and building and it's getting like really, um, it just like, it just builds on top of itself to where it gets to be like a storm basically. Um, and it all kind of peaks at a point where he's talking about how, how much they would beat them and emotionally just abuse them keep them away from their families and from like getting any sense of love and connection um, to where, and beating the curiosity out of them, making them feel like completely worthless. And it's so messed up, Mm -hmm. um, but it's such a detailed and like emotionally, like uh, I, I just responded to it so clearly. Um, the account of like the, the kind of shit that happened to this guy who is still alive. This happened when he was a child. Um, and how, and, and it's on a, I guess somewhat positive note in the fact that like he, they were trying to beat this curiosity out of him literally. And he took it and became an artist and like used it as an expression of, 
yeah, used used it as uh, a way to express himself, basically. So he wins out in the end over it, I guess. But mm-hmm. the way that it sticks with you, I think, is just in, in incredibly powerful. The whole thing artistically is just so well constructed, and um, yeah, it's just brutal, dude. Like it, mm-hmm. it just it kind of leaves you with your with your jaw open for a little while. And like I said, it's really tough to listen to. Um, but I think that it's really important and powerful and says a lot in the, uh, amount of time that it, it plays. So, yeah. Wonderful pick. Like, like you said, powerful and the album as a whole powerful, um, yeah. About aging rate. I mean, just a, a yeah. ton of different things. Um, so I'm glad you've, uh, taking the time to shout out that record on a couple of our uh, podcasts, but uh, yeah, it's 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 great. That that's awesome. I honestly, I that's even higher than I expected. So I, I'm really happy to hear that. That's that's wonderful. Um, Patrick, we're 68 minutes into the pod. I've I've waited patiently. Oh yeah, 68 minutes. I've waited. Okay, that's a long time. All right. <laughs> I say I've patiently. I made you wait. I say I've patiently waited, but I've already name dropped him a couple times. So is it all right if I finally? Here we go. Here can I talk? Can I talk Billy Woods for just a little bit? Um, uh, I guess so. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> How, great, because that's my number two. Uh, <laughs> Billy Woods, Kenny Siegel, featuring Shrapnel. The song is babylon by bus that's my number two. Oh, nice yeah yeah uh so you probably expected billy woods to be on this list in some capacity um honestly you probably expected billy woods twice given that you probably expected an arm and hammer song um <laughs> as, i was as well. i was prepared i was prepared for him <laughs> as many times as, it took. as i legally could there was a sketch song featuring billy woods i could have done i could have done right. a whole lot of things um but uh, you know what i all these jokes about Billy Woods and how I always plug Billy Woods. I actually want to start with Kenny Siegel here because um, Babylon by Bus, I think, is his finest showing on this album. A couple reasons why. Uh, it, it, and I want to give him his fair due because I feel like I shortchange him anytime I talk about this album. And I don't mean to because he's one of my favorite hip-hop producers working at the moment. Um, but this instrumental on this song has a, this sort of signature droopiness that I often associate with Kenny Siegel. And it, that droopiness, in this case, comes from this incorporated, smooth Aphex Twin sample, uh, which is always yes. like a beautiful match for a hip-hop song. And it's like, oh, that's a sick beat. Great job, Kenny Siegel. Here's the twist. That's one of three different instrumentals on this song. There are two beat switches on a single song that is barely over two minutes in length. Like, this moves at a rapid pace. Um, and what's cool about those beat switches is how the rapping switches up appropriately at the same time. Uh, really makes for a satisfying progression. So, like, at the beginning, with the Aphex Twin sample going, Billy Woods is rapping a more low-key, calmer, uh, more, you know, kind of your standard uh, Billy Woods delivery. Um, but then that switches to something that sounds a lot colder, more menacing, more 90s New York, right? And it's at this point in the song that the two members of Shrapnel trade off these really grimy 
guttery bars. Um, but as their verse wraps up, you start to hear this swelling in the background with all these strings. And that transitions to the last 30 seconds of the song. The beat is just fucking nuts at this point. And Billy Woods comes through with one of his most instantly memorable verses, frankly, that I've heard. Um, in just 30 seconds, he does his classic, like, Billy Woods truth bomb. You know, he's talking about mm-hmm. people want the truth, or people don't want the truth. They want me to tell them that grandma went to heaven. What? Uh, he's doing like his wordplay. He's talking about I take care of these words, Munchausen by proxy, and and it's like, you know, some people listening to that like, is that good wordplay? Do I have to look up what Munchausen by proxy is? And like, sure, do it. Like, I mean, it, it really helps uh, to look up the uh, the lyrics as you're listening to Billy Woods, and then he wraps it up with God save the Queen, but that train doesn't stop here anymore. And then the song ends because like, how do you follow that up? It, it's just a, it's just a nuts final 30 seconds and uh the entire song so much is happening so many beat switches so many different uh like rapping switch ups going from billy woods to shrapnel and even within shrapnel it's switching up from curly castro to prem rock back and forth then back to billy woods all of that in two minutes this song is sick as fuck uh shout out to uh billy woods kenny siegel and shrapnel again Another one, I could have picked a billion songs from this album, but uh, honestly, this one wasn't as close as you might think. Uh, I listened to the ever-loving hell out of this song this year. So, Oh, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what a production moment, too. Yeah, oh, my God. Just best. I mean, combining all three of the beats into one, it's my favorite rap production of the year on a single song, for sure. Um, so yeah shout out to kenny to siegel man he's he's awesome he's done great stuff with billy woods before great stuff with rap ferreira as well so uh yeah shout out to all involved i'm out of breath because i finally got to talk about billy woods and i'm happy yeah <laughs> i think we're good now right yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i will yeah number one is not arm and hammer so i am done with uh billy woods uh and if billy woods <laughs> is on my number one song that would be i would love to hear that version be very interesting but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my number two mm-hmm. is um, a song. The my number two and my number one have uh, this in common, where they both gave me goosebumps the first time that I heard them. Nice. Um, uh, for slightly different reasons, I guess. Um, but this one is uh, the. First example of the Goosebump songs is Clutter by, which I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. Seeger Rose. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, so um, that's the reason I say whatever is because I'm not going to be able to guess really any of their song title <laughs> pronunciations. So, or really any of their lyrics for that matter. But yeah. this song is a prime example of that's not really what you listen to see your rest for. Right. Um, you listen to them for these huge dramatic moody moments, uh, of instrumentation. Yancey's voice, it can be in the mix there somewhere, but just as long as it's just, you know, making everything really beautiful. And this one is just like, um, there's this steady, like percussion i think it's probably like these big heavy timpanis like orchestral drums that they're using because they record 
uh, and performed this album with the with Symphony, which is just very like yeah, that makes sense for a new Seeger Russ album too. Um, but they have this just steady downbeat that's so heavy on this song, um, and meanwhile they've got some strings and synthesizer instrumentation that's coming along that's like riding this really high like kind of uh melody that just goes up and down really subtly uh yancey's just like singing his heart out go like just floating along it's just angelic like um yeah, the waves that it feels like this track is able to make sonically is just fantastic. I think that it, there's a lot of great moments on the new album that I like, but I think that this song just encapsulates them all in the best way. And it's probably the more unique song from the album, too. It's a little bit heavier. It's a little bit faster paced, even though, you know, it's in comparison with some other tracks from our list, like it's definitely, it's to your rest. So they're still like kind of slow. Yeah, dude, it was like, uh, I, it's tough to like talk about cigarettes still sometimes uh, just cause like, it's really just the emotion that they're able to bring to some of their compositions is just the whole um, like attraction to them, I think. And this song is just, fantastic with that it was uh, i had a moment with it when i first heard it where it was just like oh my god i feel like i've been waiting to hear a song like this for so long nice, so nice um yeah love it it's it's just really simple and but nobody could do it quite like see your rogue can so very nice pick and uh, two, yeah. I, I wouldn't beat myself up too much over not being able to pronounce i mean it could just be in hopelandic so it could be right like, yeah literally <laughs> indecipherable um Clatur? yeah <laughs> good good enough for me it'll show on the playlist you can read it um yeah so, exactly so okay you mentioned that your number one gives you goosebumps my number one also gives me goosebumps and mm-hmm. uh you know there's a certain musician that neither of us have talked about yet Oh no, I know, I know what's happening. <laughs> so I'm going to say the name of the song, and it, all you have to do is tell me if, it's, if it is the song or if it's not the song that you have at number okay. one. If it is, let's just talk it out. If it's not, yeah. I'll do my thing, and then you can do your thing as per normal. And then we'll fight. It, it, then we'll fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. Which is the better one? Yeah. I don't want to fight at all, actually, because uh-huh. my number one is Sufjan Stevens. Yep. With shit talk. Ah, oh, nice. Okay, that's not the one I picked. Okay, but, uh, that is a, that is an awesome pick. Okay, so that is not your number one. Okay, so I will do my thing. We'll hop over to you. Um. But God, dude, Sufjan, awesome year. Uh, this is amazing. I can't <laughs> believe that we... <laughs> this has never happened. That uh, Wow. Well, I, you know, I don't want to step on your pick, but if it holds, mm-hmm. this has never happened before. Um, so Shit Talk, this is an eight and a half minute song. Uh, <laughs> this brings me yep. back to <laughs> Illinois era Sufjan. Not because mm-hmm. of the short song title. <laughs> Not that. 
Um, <laughs> but it's it's the length of the song, obviously, that kind of brings me back to Illinois. But also the like Baroque, majestic instrumentation, the glorious and just oh, just so perfect backing vocals, and also just the way the song is structured, making it feel less like a verse, chorus, verse, but more a series of movements, kind of going from one movement to the next movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this song, each movement has its own lyric that it repeats in a way that kind of becomes like a mantra. Like there's a section, hold me closely, hold me tightly. And then after that, I don't want to fight at all. I don't want to fight at mm-hmm. all so over and over, right? But it always comes back to this simple I will always love you lyric, um, which is particularly moving uh, given that this album is dedicated to Sufjan's late partner, Evans Richardson IV. Um, and so knowing that real world context, and this is one of the later songs on the album. So by the time you get to the song, you have more of an understanding of their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And repeating the lyrics is typically not something I enjoy in a song, but in this case, it, it helps drive home the emotions that Sufjan is expressing. And I honestly, I love a lot of just the one-off lyrics as well. Um, Our romantic second chance is dead. I buried it with the hatchet. I love that. That's like, that's poetic as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and just yeah. what else is there to say about the music itself, other than just it's stunning, it's genuinely beautiful. I, I didn't expect one of the most gorgeous songs of the year to be called Shit Talk, but here we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Goosebumps uh, with your number one, and uh, I'll hop it over to you in a bit. But like this song, yeah, dude, chills every single time. Um, it's the rare song that like uh, is super emotionally impactful but also i can sing along with it in the car it's it's melodic Mm -hmm. and deeply personal and moving at the same time and sufyan has always been a master of that and uh, shit talk is one of the uh i mean one of the absolute best sufyan songs i've ever heard which is saying a lot given how much i've loved his music over his career so uh yeah uh shout out to sufyan there's plenty of other great songs on this album, as you may or yep. may not know, but uh, uh, Shit Talk is the one for me. That's the one I kept coming back to, even though it was eight and a half minutes. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we can agree on not only that Sufjan is one of the best, one the third best album of the year. Yeah, yeah. With the list. same album of the year list, we both have yeah, this at number three. It's incredible. But that he also put out <laughs> the best songs of the year. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I have a Sufjan song as my number one song this year, um, but it's not Shit Talk. Mm-hmm. I love that that's your pick, too, because I do love that song. This was definitely the hardest one to pick mm. a song from. There's just start to finish. Like, there's something to love about every song on here. But. I had to go for my number one with Will Anybody Ever Love Me? Great pick. Love it. Love it. It's just like, it it really just says everything about the album. 
and it the tone of the song is just i think absolutely perfect like it's uh it's just so like well-meaning and heartfelt and like it's full of a lot of hope in some ways but it's like with it's kind of balanced by these lyrics that are really heartbreaking especially with the context of the album and everything um and yeah really raw really heartbreaking and uh sad and depressing but Stefan just like with the production and with his voice like the way he's singing it he's also like really self-aware of his his own like really like uh romantic ideals i guess is what he's trying to point out like when he talks about in every season i pledge allegiance to my burning heart Mm -hmm. it's like such a great way of kind of poking fun at himself and then also um just basically stating who he is like just an over-the-top romantic basically um yeah it's just it's such a great song. I think that it culminates in instrumentally in like um, a really great blend of all of his different production choices throughout the year. He's got that band, that classic banjo coming in. Yes. Uh, there's a this, uh, I guess, kind of a beat break, instrumental break um, that has some Age of Odds kind of inspired mm-hmm. sounds to it. Uh, and then the the chorus from the backing vocals have that like Illinois kind of whimsical yes. sound to it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It, this you know, the album art or the yeah the album art has that collage uh, like high school collage kind of look to it. And Sufjan, like, who's able to make that? more artistic you know what i mean Mm -hmm. of an expression than sufjan like Mm -hmm. he's able to take like such simple uh ideas that like creatively don't necessarily seem that profound and actually find something profound in them and express it like um and i think that that's this song it's the standout single from it, but it, it just does the best job out of all of them of concisely showing that like profound creativity that he's got. So, God, what an awesome pick! I love that pick. It's yeah, it's so it, good. It could have been. It could have been a, a few. I, I love Goodbye Evergreen. I love. Uh, I love a running start. Yes. So the first three songs are just amazing. Running start is one of my um, favorites. Red Little Fox is amazing. I also amazing. love uh, So You Are Tired. Yep. Like, yep. I yeah, love the, the two just, yeah. like interlude type tracks. Like Javelin is great. Um, God, yep. it's, it's just such a great album. Uh, good enough to be number three on both of our album of the year list. <laughs> And, right, and yeah. speaking of that, I mean, we got to wrap up here, but uh, congratulations yeah. to Sufjan for... <laughs> Not only topping both of our lists, which has never been done before on the Song of the Year mm-hmm. pod, but doing so with two different songs. Um, yep. Moral of the story, go listen to Javelin right now. Definitely. If you yeah, haven't. That, that, if you can take anything away from this. Yeah. Yes. Honestly. The only, the only repeat artist we had on the list. 
And are you serious? It's number one. Oh my yeah. god, dude, you're right. It's the I only think so, it's right? the only repeat artist on our <laughs> list. Holy cow. And yeah, oh, so we get a full 30 songs on our playlist this year. Let's go. We finally God, yes. yes. There's always one. But even in this case, where we had the same number one artist. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through real quick. Oh my gosh, we have a full playlist. And Sufyan was our only one who made both of our lists. <laughs> and he did so at number one with two different songs. GG's to Sufyan. What a, what a great yeah. album. Um, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> an album so great, neither of us put it number one. <laughs> we, we put it number three on each of our lists. It is our combined album of the year. If you combine both of our lists together, Sufyan Stevens yeah. came out with the best album of the year. But with that, we got to wrap up. Unfortunately, I, I could do I could keep talking favorite songs of the year, but uh, the clock is winding down. So, Patrick, thank you for joining me. Thank you all yep. for listening, and we will see you in twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Woo!